This is the American Artson Podcast, where our goal is to spark creativity. Whether you're a musician, an artist, a writer, or an entrepreneur, we're here to provide you with tools, tips, and insight from professionals and creatives that you can use to inform and inspire your own journey. Alrighty, guys. So today we have Nate Parrish joining us uh, to talk about his time playing guitar in Cutlass, as well as his incredible new solo album. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also get to talk about some some fun stuff like uh, being known as the guy who always orders a certain thing at a fast food place. And um, Nate does a little bit of time traveling and uh, and peeks into the future for us. So you get to find out if the Lions win a Super Bowl, right? Right, which I think we all know the answer to that. But but uh, just a quick announcement: this is going to be uh, the last episode of season one of the American Arson Podcast. We're going to take a few weeks off, uh, but don't worry, we'll be back soon. We're going to um, keep recording these episodes, and uh, we'll get some new content out to you guys in a few weeks. Yeah, so we'll be back in a few weeks. Um, if you haven't already, in the meantime, while you're catching up on these episodes, please head right below the video if you're watching or if you're listening uh, on whatever platform you're listening and give the podcast a like or a follow. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot, um, allowing us to have more features to be able to deliver you guys content, but also let you guys know when we pop out a new episode and we might be doing some like exclusive content for subscribers down the line too. So um, you don't want to miss out on that. Absolutely. With all that said, here's Nate. Nate, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I, uh, there was, uh, so I, I'm in Bakersfield, California. Yeah. So, um, oh, everything's on fire. Everything's, yeah. We're actually good here, but the smoke is, yeah. Smoke so it's kind of like, it's like fall. I'm like, oh, that's, it's actually pretty overcast today. They're like, no, 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 that's, uh, ash and smoke oh man i've been seeing some of the pictures that just in some places it just looks like a like a video game or something it's unreal it's it's crazy um but what i was gonna say is i wouldn't (laughs) there's a new nashville hot chicken place that opened so um i just had that and i went there two nights in a row (laughs) and uh the guy, it was the same guy. I was like, please, God, let it be a different person. Right, right. He's right. like, we're back, huh? I'm like, no, sh- no, no, this is my first time. I wouldn't do this twice in a row, <laughs> sir. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I remember. Uh, you can never have too much uh, hot chicken. Right. It's so good. I remember so near good. the end of my bachelor days uh, when I. I walked into a Domino's um, at like one in the morning to pick up a pizza, and the guy actually said to me, uh, see you tomorrow. And at oh. that point, knew, at that point, I knew I was probably going to the well. A few that's when you knew you had to repent. And right. <laughs> that's, that, that's how I am with the extra shots of my coffee. I asked for this. Uh, I asked for like four extra shots out of my coffee one time because I just like pulled an all nighter and I was. Well, you don't sleep, it. obviously. Your bed. You know. Yeah. Really yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there you go, guys. Um, uh, also, my Chuck Norris post. Oh, I see. Because yeah. Um, <laughs> But every time I walk in into that Starbucks now, like they they know, like they just look at me and like, you're just like, how many? Right. Wow. <laughs> like it's like cool, but then also kind of sad, you know. For yeah. for you, for the um, we like Popeyes chicken. 
uh, mm-hmm. my wife. So we lead worship on Sundays. Um, when we used to have church, do you guys remember church? I remember. Yeah. I remember. That, I remember. That it's a place. Right? Ago. I remember. Yeah, place. it was like it was like a fad. Um, I remember. I remember, I remember more places. than. <laughs> yeah, I remember more than five people being in one place at a right. time. Yeah, was, but we lead worship, you know, a couple services, and so by the time you're done, you're just like starving. And obviously, Popeye sounds right. amazing. So we would yeah. go there every Sunday after church, and um, we really like the Mardi Gras mustard. And um, <laughs> eventually, this happened where I went by myself one time. Uh, to, to pick it up and the lady goes oh hey it's mr mustard <laughs> and I'm like she's like that's what we call you like, oh. <laughs> you should have said uh that's and, colonel mustard to you <laughs> actually what i said was um you can just keep the food i have to go i'm, I'm gonna have to go <laughs> a little bit of shame now. <laughs> so much shame dude. i was like it's kind of cool but not really. Yeah, there's a Popeye's uh, <laughs> less than a mile from my house. And um, when the chicken sandwich came off, the, the lines were so long that uh, there were people just stopped in the road. They had already wrapped around the building one full time. There wasn't room to wrap around the building another time. And so they were just out into the main road, which is like a five lane, you know, busy road. And people are just parked in the road waiting. For I remember that when the sandwich came out, it was like, have you guys never had... It's the same chicken. They just put it on bread on. <laughs> was it now? Was it? I, help me remember. Was it during the the early stages of the of the COVID times when it came out? Pre COVID. Oh, it was uh, okay. It was. I was trying to remember what it was. I think it was like January, February. Okay. Mm. But I remember being mad because I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to Popeyes like I've done every Sunday for right. the past six years." And uh, there was like, "Why are there so many people here?" You know, you haven't heard they have a chicken sandwich. Like, I don't care about that. I need my strips and my mustard. Oh, man. I'm like just yelling at them like from the back of the line. It's me, Mr. Mustard. Right. Well, you know, they should have they should have given you like a uh, a reserved parking space. Which I need is like Mr. Mustard pie. parking space right there. So, needless to say, uh, I, I'm a creature of habit. And, uh, yeah. 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 So. so you and us uh, went kind of down the same path earlier this year. We both released albums right in the middle of yeah. a pandemic with no opportunity to to play live or tour or support yeah. them at all. And yours came out. It was it was late May, correct? Uh, June nineteenth. June. Okay, June. Okay. okay. So were you? Did you have any second thoughts about putting it out? I know the wheels had probably been turning at that point for a while, and you had probably yeah. already done all the you know the pre uh the promotion and the uh, all the that release stuff but did you ever consider pushing it or did you just um, have to roll with it so it was kind of a different uh approach so originally what i started doing was in june of last year i um i had got some home recording stuff just real basic stuff and um was like i'm just gonna sit and record and release a song a month so i kind of like gave myself parameters so it's like whatever the song is or whatever comes out, that's what it's going to be about. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to go crazy on the instrumentation. It's going to be punk rock and or at least my version of that, that you know, that's yeah. debatable. But, yeah. Um, but it's going to be what it is and it's going to be released every month. And I would do that for a year. So I was the plan. Yeah. And so I got to, I think six months in um, and then I had also been recording other songs. So I finished one, but all right, cool. I'll move on to the, to another song or here's an idea I have. And um, eventually I was like, I could probably just do an album at this point. And so that was right around April was the last single. Okay. So yeah, we're in the pandemic at that point. So 
I just was like, well, I want to release these songs. I know it's kind of sucky. I, you can't go out and play, but at the same time, you know, uh, uh, as a solo artist, and I'm, I'm at home, like I'm not in a studio, I'm at home with this laptop recording everything except the drums. And then uh, I'd have my buddy come in and play bass on, on some songs. Okay. So I didn't really have like a band per se. So there wasn't like this huge, like, oh, I got to get out and play. It's like, well, it's kind of just like, these are my songs. Right. So I thought about it for a second, but then, you know, it kind of hit me. I was like, this is probably honestly the perfect time to release specifically the, the songs that I was writing at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and the subject is like, well, I have to. Yeah, like, absolutely. And then there, the last one on the album I wrote in uh, March. So okay. I actually took a, another song off the album that was done. Okay. Because that one was like addressing like the kind of the hopelessness of the pandemic, you know, you're kind of feeling it at that yeah. point, yeah. March and April. So um, recorded that. Um, and then put it on the album and snuck it in there. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to kind of switch gears in how you were planning to promote it? Did you have a shows like lined up and then you had to kind of say, you know what, I'm going to go, you know, the social media route or whatever. How, you know, what did you originally have in your mind and then how did it end up being different? I just had everything released or just pointed towards my MySpace page. And um, <laughs> so it really caused me to rethink my, right. but <laughs> I didn't really have, um, I had a CD release thing planned because mm -hmm. uh, I have, so the guys you'll see in the music video, those are my friends. Um, we actually all lead worship together. So that's oh, cool. like the worship. That's team. awesome. And so we have like built in chemistry already. So I would yeah. show them a song and be like, all right, here's a song, I'll learn it. And we're going to do a video tomorrow. And they're like, all right, cool. And so, yeah. that's um, amazing. But so that was going to be my band. And uh, so, was, but I didn't have these big plans of like, you know, doing that because summers, you know, I, I play in, in Cutlass. I've been doing that for five years. Yeah. So our summers are, you know, we go out and do festivals or we don't really tour during the summer so much, but we had some stuff like I was supposed to be going to Germany in a couple of weeks and uh, had some shows in, in uh, during the summer. So for me, it wasn't a huge shift. It was mostly like, okay. Um, and, you know, weirdly, I didn't really expect any kind of reception on my album. I figured it'd come out and my mom would be like, oh, Nate, why are you so angry? I like your album. <laughs> Let's talk. Um, but I think maybe because of that, it got way more traction than it would have. Like, I, I uh, discovered you guys just through, uh, like, MySpace. Or not, <laughs> I'm actually saying MySpace. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, your joke is backfiring on you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just get a MySpace page. Right. Um, but we, we, we talked about in one episode how Tom needs to bring it back and just run for president. Dude, listen. Tom, if you're listening, you relaunch MySpace because Facebook is so poisonous now. You could start from scratch and cut out all the stuff that we hate. Yeah, yeah. there you go. We'll migrate back over, bro. We're hey, if you are listening, Tom, we're like you can use us. We're we'll be your sounding boards. Bring us on the team. Like we got nothing to do right now. We can't go on the road. Like let's you know we'll take one percent of what you would have offered anyone else. Or, or yes. we don't even need money. Just let us write the terms of service. Uh, and and there's only going to be one rule: no middle-aged people fighting about politics, angry on the internet. That's it. That's the only rule. That's the only Give rule. Give us social and media then, without that, and we're good to go. Yeah, I think that's that should cover it. Yeah, um, pretty much. And then as long as I get to be one of those independent fact checkers, I think. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just everything's false. Like my sister graduated. Uh, that's false. Right. She failed. <laughs> but. Um, so I didn't really have to make a, yeah, you had a question. I didn't have a, a shift. 
necessarily. It was more like, okay, so this is kind of cool too, because of the church, we lead worship. My, my day job, if you will, is a creative director at our church. And so um, overall the video and graphics and all that stuff. So we had already been putting together like our quarantine style worship. So where everyone would film at home and I would uh, put the videos together and we'd mix uh, the, you know, the audio. So I was like, well, I could still do like videos and stuff that way. So I started, you know, there's a couple, I did a cover with uh, Joey from Disciple on drums um, and the guy who plays stacks on my album, he's in Virginia beach. So I did a cover of a social D song, just using the nice. quarantine stuff that I had already been doing. So yeah. you, know, you just kind of adapt and um, you roll with the punches. I think it would have been easy. And there's times where I was like, man, this sucks. But um, I think you just got to work through that and then just say, okay, now how can I use this? Um, and how can I, you know, it basically forces you to adapt. Yeah. And you can yeah. get more creative that way. Um, so, Absolutely. That's really cool. But, you know, I'm not a full time, even with colors, we're not full time touring anymore. So, uh, but you got, you know, I don't know what your guys' touring schedule like, is like. I'm sure it's, it's busier than ours, but it is a huge bummer. A lot of friends, uh, like I talked about, uh, Joey from Disciple, he's a great dude, and that's what they do. Yeah, that's his, it's been his job for years. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely bands out there that tour more than us and that have been more affected than than us by it. And, and we're well aware of that. So we're, you know, trying to keep perspective on that as well. But that's a good point. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned the, the dude who played sax on your album, because that really, really stood out. Um, it's on I, I'm a Wreck, right? Absolutely. Where the, the sax roars in. Which is so, an incredible song, by yeah, the way. Uh, that was the first one I listened to, and I was like, yep, I'm in. And awesome. uh, I, I, if, if somebody hasn't listened to it, what I, I guess what I would describe it as is sort of like uh, Americana-infused punk rock. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it gives me uh, kind of um, the vibe of like a Gaslight Anthem or even um you know like springsteen kind of roots uh that kind of that that kind of east coast vibe um very different obviously than than the music that you're playing with cutlass so yeah um completely what, different. what made you decide to to go down that road or is that kind of is that kind of your roots so yeah that's why i put the flag up i was like oh yeah. i gotta talk about springsteen i gotta have a flag yeah. but uh, no i totally you nailed it like i love um I grew up, uh, luckily my parents were into good music, so I grew up on Springsteen. Uh, I didn't like Cash so much when I was a kid, because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, slow, or Bob Dylan. I'm like, <laughs> every song, that harmonica frequency would just kill my ears. <laughs> but now I love it. But So I grew up on a lot of that Americana rock and roll, Fleetwood Mac. Like my sister's name is Rhiannon after uh. the song. So, and then when I, so that was the music of my parents. And then when I found my music, it was like, I think, you know, I was introduced to at least uh, the Christian side of punk rock through MXPX, like every other person on planet Earth. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was my gateway. And then my sister was really into Rancid and uh, Green Day. And then when I found Social Distortion, that's when it clicked for me. I was like, so these guys sound different. They sound kind of like that Americana stuff, but like the attitude. And so I just loved yeah. them. And yeah. so that was like, my their live at the roxy album and white light white heat white trash was just like amazing and i got there a cd from a friend who who bought it and he's like this this band sucks they're trying to rip off green day <laughs> <laughs> and now i want to go back in time and punch him in the face yeah like <laughs> fans don't sound um, anything alike <laughs> yeah the band has started in 1979 yeah. but um, so you know when i um started this project i had 
I had been in bands for years. You know, my first, my first band, I had playing guitar for two weeks and I got in this band with, there was this uh, old uh, punk rock band, band named Shop 11 Phoenix. I don't know if that rings a bell, but uh, they were on Betty Rocket Records and they wanted to do a side band. So I didn't know what I was doing, but I played guitar and we had our first show and we opened for the Huntington's, which, you know, was like one of my oh, favorite yeah. bands. Yeah. I was like, cool, I made it. And then we broke up after <laughs> that show. Oh man. Oh no. Yeah. And so then I'm like trying to, uh, I need a band. So my trajectory was all like thrown off and somehow I found myself into worship music. Uh, I just do youth group stuff, you know? Yeah. And um, so I tried to carry those, those uh, influences with me. It doesn't always translate. So by the time, you know, fast forward, whatever many years now, I'm like, you know, I never really sat down and wrote uh, a solo album. That was just what I wanted to say. I was playing the instruments. I was doing what I wanted to do. I have no, yeah. I didn't have more sound. Yeah. I didn't have to try to think, Oh, can the congregation sing this? Or is this going to piss off, you know, the Christian mom, you know, right. I, don't, I don't have to think yeah. about any of it. Yeah. Just do it. It was like the best experience. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, kind of fusing those influences, like the Springsteen thing. I was, uh, I was listening to him today and, um, the Gaslight Anthem, I got that too, yeah. but I have never really listened to them. So I went and I was like, oh, I listened to them. I'm like, oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Especially the earlier albums, they they had more yeah. uh, punk influence than I think some of the later stuff did. Um, yeah. That's so I, I like, you know, people are like, what's what's your genre? And that's like the hardest question to answer. Yeah. But I, I mean, I usually say punk or rock and roll. I, I don't know. I, I, the, I absolutely can't like people could probably tell it in my reaction that i just cringe when someone's like someone that doesn't know me or like one of my buddies will be like mention the band and there'll be someone else that doesn't know me will be like oh what kind of music do you play what's what's it sound like and what's I'll it just sound like, like yeah no it's it's like true. yeah it's it's a tough one i think it's tough maybe a little harder for us to ever analyze our own music <laughs> because like yeah. i'll think one thing and then we'll see in the comments all the time people will like mention something like oh this sounds like so and so some of them are ridiculous but then some of them i'm like wait actually yeah i would have yeah. never thought of that yeah, but like, some of them are really ridiculous it after someone brought it to my attention they're like oh you kind of sound like springsteen you know and punk rock and i was like that's exactly what it is but at the time <laughs> you know i'm not i'm just what doing whatever is someone one time uh I, there was a review that was written and they're like it opens with us the, the hard charging ska influenced song i'm a wreck and i was like <laughs> i hate ska so uh, <laughs> I, I think people uh, automatically associate anything that has a horn in it as as something ska but if they were to go back and look at some of those you know they East don't know Coast what kind real of, ska is well yeah right. but even even just um the horn you know horn influence in that kind of americana uh, rock and roll, especially the East Coast stuff. I mean, Springsteen yeah. did it a lot, um, totally. but uh, it, it it it's really it's really cool. It's really unique because I think when ska blew up kind of on its as its own thing, um, you had rock bands that were a lot more hesitant to put horns in their songs because they you know they didn't right. want they don't want to be ska bands. So <laughs> yeah, it just so that song particularly was one of the later songs that I wrote. I think it was one of the last three songs. Okay, and. Uh, it was another one of those, you know, you sit down and I uh, open up your laptop and um, I had my telly and I just start pounding out chords. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And then I record it and then I'll go through and, and I'll kind of uh, play like the, what I think the melody would be on guitar. Okay. Uh, I get it like in my memory and then words will start kind of forming. 
And so um, when I got kind of done with it, I had that lead line and I thought, it'd be cool. I just heard saxo. You know, sometimes you listen to a song and you, yeah. hear, you hear it in there. And so the guy who plays sax, his name is Chris Bellamy. Uh, I had done worship with him at a few conferences. and He's an amazing uh, musician in general, but um, I had done worship with him where he plays saxophone. And it's such a unique, like there's, we talked about it. I did a podcast with him and talked about it that, you know, there's not a lot of kids like, dad, can you give me a saxophone for my, you know, 15th birthday? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's usually guitar, drums. You don't see a lot of people running around with a saxophone strapped to their back. Yeah. Not a lot so, of 13 year old kids with Kenny G t-shirts or anything like that. Just, well, just me, but like, you know, uh, <laughs> normal kids don't do that stuff. So it was such a unique thing. And uh, I, I sent it to him. I was like, hey, I don't know if this will work, but can you just like rip it and rip it? He did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it came across really cool. So we actually wrote uh, a couple songs that were a little bit more politically, socially charged um, mm-hmm. without knowing what the climate was obviously going to be like, uh, you know, six months yeah. on when when the album eventually uh, came out. So I was yeah. just wondering, because, you know, you have, you you know, the you politicians and celebrities and he's talking about um, they, you know, they, some of those kind of issues and influences. Was that something, was that like a late add to the album? You're kind of seeing things unfold or was that something a little more prophetic that you wrote, you know, kind of back in the day? Politicians and Slurry was the first song I wrote. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was June, maybe May. No, I released it in June. So that was probably April, May of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're uh, way ahead of the times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't want to tell you guys this, but I'm a time traveler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just spoiler alert. 2020 is gonna suck. Um, but <laughs> do the Lions ever win a Super Bowl? The Lions, no. It's just not. Uh, they don't. They actually stop being a team after a while. I already, I already knew the answer to that question, but that <laughs> might. I'm, I'm kind of glad to know that I'll be put out of my misery. Jesse, Jesse, <laughs> but Tom Brady one... is still playing. So, you know. Yeah, we had one question we were allowed to ask the time traveler, and you went with the question that we already knew the answer to. Who said, who, who said we knew one? we only have I one? I think that's the I, rule. I, I think one. that's the rule. I used one. You get one. I don't know. Oh, you can have one later. Yeah. Well, I, okay, still, I'm going to think about it for a little bit while you answer this. But yeah, so April, May ish of 2019, I wrote it, and uh, it was started, it was after a worship practice night, and uh, I sat down uh, on the steps and was just. I wanted to write kind of like a, in my mind, I was like, okay, I want to do like a replacements type of just like straight rock and roll, real straightforward stuff. Replacements is another band. that's a huge influence on me. That kind of punk meets a little bit of that uh, yeah. Americana stuff. But, uh, and I, I think, I mean, that's stuff that's been brewing forever. I mean, basically the song is essentially saying, listen, you know, politicians and celebrities cool. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know any, but there's some good maybe. ones out there. Chris <laughs> Pratt, uh, but they could step forward. That'd be nice. Yeah, but they're just humans, and really, you know, my whole thing is like 2016 when we had a new president. Uh, there was nothing that changed that at that moment for me. It didn't change the the way I looked at my neighbor. It didn't change the way I was supposed to look at my neighbor. Let me say that, and it didn't change the way. Uh, it changed nothing about the way I um, uh, lived in society. That's all. That's up to me. So the president doesn't dictate what I do. The celebrity who says you should vote this way, do that. I don't even know you, bro. And just because you have people that care what you say, I don't. And I don't know why so much of it, so many of us do. 
And so the whole point of that song was just saying, listen, they say all this stuff, they script our reality, but they don't live it. And so we should just get over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it ended up looking pretty prophetic, honestly, because by the time that the album yeah. came out, um, you know, everything was uh falling apart i guess you can well, yeah. now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no there's nothing nothing wrong anymore right no no yeah. fires or hurricanes oh, we're fine. Or... <laughs> uh, people are asking me a lot they're like so did you know how would i have known but no uh <laughs> like or did you like write this album in a week <laughs> like, just when everything exploded no i think the themes on the album are stuff that has been um plaguing us since the beginning of time mm -hmm. uh, they're just magnified in different ways because of the internet honestly and social media um just allows those things to be blown up a lot most of the time out of proportion and and um it's become a weapon and so that's just why we it's becoming more prevalent and we see it more is mm -hmm. because it's um now it's weaponized uh but it's the same stuff it's the same old deal false idols that's all that's all politicians and celebrities it's putting yeah. your faith in in someone else taking care of Loving, loving your neighbor, make a law. So I have to love my neighbor. Well, no, <laughs> how you do it. You yeah. love your neighbor. We don't, you don't need a law to tell you to do that. Uh, I need a, someone to tell me how to live my life and be an example. Jesus did that. Uh, he's boring. What about Kim Kardashian? Cool. That'll work. <laughs> it, it, Kanye West. <laughs> it's the same old stuff, right? Yeah. And, um, house made of mirrors, like the way we, uh, we disassociate from people who are different than them than us or they don't think like us we write them off we've been doing that since forever it's just mm. now i get to see it play out and it manifests itself yeah. in different ways and yeah. i guess a little more prevalent at times but it is it's it's interesting how stuff we may not have even realized you know on both sides i mean for both of us can probably relate to this realized how it would resonate with people or how you know it could be used to reach people um at the time it was created ended up being <laughs> to, unbeknownst to us very timely and very you know i mean it would have been anyway and i think like you said there there are topics that could could speak to people at any time in our civilization's history but like it's especially right now i don't think any of us could have even imagined like how things would snowball but it is interesting to hear kind of some of the background of you know where you were at when those songs were written as opposed to how everything was and where you were at you know yeah. when they ended up being released but well even you know i was listening to your guys album and um i think it's the third song uh, and you're talking about dehumanizing. And I was, I was in the middle of writing a song like that because, the, uh, you know, kind of laying out the, the progression of how do you get from I disagree with this person to this person is literally worse than Hitler. Like, yeah, that's a, how do you get there? Yeah, there's got to be yeah. some steps in between. And so I'm like mapping that out, you know, thinking through it. Um, but I think like your guys's album, uh, super timely. Uh, mine, uh, there's, you know, I, I feel like there's like a resurgence of, um, well, you know, punk rock and, and I, I don't want to categorize you, but when I listen to it, I feel like it's, it's got some of those hardcore elements, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. there, so which is, gets its roots from punk rock. And yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's reactionary, right? So, uh, all the, the punk rock movements and all that stuff, it's all reactionary to what's going on in front of us. Uh, you know, in the seventies, the, the, the first wave of punk was reactionary to like 
glam rock and um, you know suburbs and things like that. So now we got a lot to talk about, and so yeah. I think it's no coincidence, and it's cool to be a part of it. You know, like um, that was that band uh, Lifelong. They put out an album recently too. Yep. Um, so there's a bunch of cool stuff. They're in the out. tour. They're in the two piece club with us. So oh, are they? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> they are. That's awesome. Um, so I didn't know you guys were a two-piece yeah. originally, and then um, I was uh, listening to you guys did a podcast with Jason Wisdom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was yeah, watching that. that was our one. first episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So I was watching that. I'm like, oh, well, that's 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 pretty hard to do, man. Capture that sound. <laughs> Two people. It's so. uh, it's <laughs> it's interesting. It's fun, but we always joke like it, it's it's very fun and it's very rewarding. But then when you screw up, it's uh, very there's no hiding. Obvious. There's no the yeah. It's very out there. Yeah, there's it's no cool, there, there's no saxophonist to come in and rip a mean solo over, oh, my, over my bad <laughs> over my bad chord change. <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys some tips. Get yourself a saxophone player. Yeah, gonna, I don't even need to play guitar anymore in this band. Right. Just, yeah. Just turn, him, this just turn him up. Yeah, put some put some sunglasses on him. Take his shirt off if you need to, like that video that guy that plays the George Michael song in, in the public. Oh, no, he, um, so my uh, buddy who plays saxophone, he's in one of those Worship Fails videos. Okay. Because he, he busts out Careless Whisper during. Um, oh, no. Intentionally? Or was he, was he yes. like trying to improv like during, no? no? Oh, man. He does it. He did it with me when we were we were leading worship at a conference. He did it. <laughs> and I was on stage and I had to like look away. It's just so beautiful. And you just you wonder you wonder if there's anybody in the audience that picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. There's a couple. <laughs> you'll see a couple of dads just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I really like this song. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. great. The the stuff we hide in our in our jam sessions. Oh, we the, we threw a little we threw a little nod that no one's actually caught yet to a band uh -huh. Which album? in in our yeah in one of our songs. It's we we kind of uh, referenced a, both a guitar riff and a, and a drum fill from a band that was pretty influential to both of us. And no one's no one's quite yeah. caught it yet. Yeah, I've been waiting. Real short, real short homage. We were we were thinking people are going to grab it right away. But the other thing is that we put a couple Easter eggs in there that were a little bit more obvious. And so I think people might have gravitated towards those a little bit more quickly. And I, I'm going to look, I'm going to listen for it. But those <laughs> things are super fun. We um, so with Cutlass, when we do our sound checks and stuff, um, you know, Pearl Jam was an influence on Cutlass. Uh -huh. And so uh, there's a riff from Black. So we put that <laughs> during oh, yeah. the sound check. We'll play it, but we'll play like the wrong harmonies. <laughs> and keep like moving up the scale, and people are watching us. Like, oh my god, uh, do they know how to play? Music and uh, we'll uh, we put it in. So I put it in. Um, we do uh, in our set. We do. Um, I think it's Take Me In. You know that old mm. worship song. So I do a solo at the end with like fuzz and it's getting all chaotic and I'm all <laughs> We end up we we often revert to playing like intros to under oath songs yeah. but then we we start playing like the opposite song so then like i'm playing a drum fill from one of their jams and he's playing like the guitar riff from a di completely different song we're like eh, just, just, just it will work, it works. Love it. Mess, but... I, love it. I think you have to be actually even better as a band to be able to pull that off to play it incorrectly <laughs> i mean you have to actually be better 
<laughs> or you just have to be really secure there's, in the fact there's that... times where he's like played one of the loop parts in like a completely different time <laughs> signature and then I, I know we he'll he's like we'll look at each other he'll like turn around and just kind of go just <laughs> just say all right that was a we that was a dillinger escape plan cover <laughs> we either we, we just we became a noise just, band <laughs> yeah we do. you guys like to drive in <laughs> if we don't catch it early enough we just have to make the decision to either look really bad or just go for it and play the rest of the song like that have you done that have you just powered through and been like okay we're gonna yeah it's and honestly um you know when, when the band started we were uh like 95 percent of the stuff that we did was was live looping so there, there was that element and then there was the element of us being uh, much less experienced at doing that stuff. So there, yeah, most of the hiccups and embarrassing stuff uh, happened pretty early on. We, we've, we've gotten over most of those road, those you little, little bumps in the road now. Um, it's gotta happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, everybody needs to get knocked down a peg every once in a while, right? You play a really good show one night and then the next night you, uh, you totally play the wrong loop and have the mistake repeated 57 times because you decided to start a band with two people <laughs> and use looping and stuff like that but everyone does it man everyone does it they people forget lyrics i've i've we had a uh, one of our tour sets john micah for some reason was like introducing me when i did this solo thing mr nate Parrish, and uh the solo is like not super i'm not gonna like blow your socks off because yeah. i'm not like a great soloist but <laughs> I, don't know. I just went into it and it was like totally it was like the worst solo ever and so so, so much worse because everyone he's like look at nate and everyone's right. the spotlight the spotlight guy shines it right on you and yeah and i just sucked and james is just looking over there laughing at me like, <laughs> but i think that i mean the lesson there is you can't take yourself too seriously right yeah. i mean like we yes we all want to put on a great performance um and we all want to take pride in what we're doing but at the yeah. same time you know when you get up there and you start getting the the super inflated ego um yeah. you know people feed off that and i think people want to listen to bands and be connected to bands that um you know they feel like are, are down to earth uh you know, normal people just like us who, who don't have 8 million Twitter followers and a shoe brand and, you know, uh, a, a direct line to the president or anything like that. So, <laughs> Well, I have that. I don't know about you. I have my own line of Crocs. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, uh, you know, just, just since we kind of talked about that, um, w when you have these people who are, you know, um, famous or they have a lot of influence, whatever they happen to be, politician, celebrity or otherwise, um, and they there's a lot of pressure right now on individuals like that or even you know individuals uh who have a platform but on a much smaller scale like people like us um to use our platform um for you know some sort of either perceived positive change um but also we don't like you said and like you say in your album we don't want people to just, you know, look at us and, and treat us like we're the, uh, you know, like we're the gold standard. So where is the line there between um, using your platform and, and um, putting out ideas that you really believe in and not sort of turning yourself into the golden calf that everybody bows down to? Yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, um, so 
I don't, I don't think you're inherently bad if you're a politician or a celebrity at all. I just think that, um, you know, it's, it's more about our response to that because a person, you know, if you think about it, Michael Jackson's a great example of what we, we idolize a person and then we destroy them. That's our hobby. Yeah. That's what we do. And so, um, you know, and, and as believers, it, it's different because you, there's this weird line of, uh, you're given a platform, you know, if you're in a band or whatever, and people are looking to you, they want to, they want to hear what you have to say because they're, they're waiting for you to give them the answer. But at the same time, they're looking at us. They're not necessarily saying they're not going to Jesus. They're, they're, they want to, what does Jesus say? But like, I want you to tell me what he says. <laughs> so it's a lot of pressure, right? Interpret so, it through your own lens. Right. So I think there's, there's a, you know, we just talked about humility and, and not taking yourself too seriously. I think that's a huge part of it because uh, you have to just l- be okay with telling people, hey, just, you know, I'm a hypocrite just like any other person. So I'm, I'm, not, your, I'm not your God. I'm not your idol. Um, I, can, I can help and I could try to direct you the best I know how, but I'm not the Savior. So I think that's a good place to start. Um, and, and God, you know, he gives us platforms you know he gives he gives you a microphone um and you should use it um to point people in his in his direction like you would at your job or anywhere else it's just that we 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 really glorify the entertainment industry more than like like teachers have so much more impact on people than a freaking guy who puts a ball in a hoop yeah but they're you know bottom of the barrel payroll they get, you know, parent teacher conference, they get yelled at. My wife is a teacher. So, yeah. Um, and yet you're like, you, duh, duh, duh. okay, can you teach my kid for eight hours a day? Thanks. I'll come <laughs> pick him up in a few hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we're just backwards, dude. And so I think it just comes with humility, admitting that you're uh, imperfect and stating it often and uh, just doing your best. And for us in the audience of, of those people, just realizing like they're not perfect. Um, you're just like us and for some, you know, whatever reason they have a, you know, their microphones louder than ours. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it's tough. You know, I, I don't envy politicians, especially right now. I don't care what side you're on. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah just absolutely. Everything you do, even like um, just Twitter is such a great example of like the decay of civilization. It's all on, <laughs> on Twitter. It's right there. Yeah. Open up a timeline and just be like, oh, this is why God destroys stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I, all right. Makes sense. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things because anyone could make any opinion at all and just be like, I think Star Wars is better than Star Trek. And someone will be like, I'm going to kill your family. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's just, it's a bummer that you can't even have an opinion. And I, I, I would never... It's a tension of exercise your free speech and say what you believe and, and give your opinion. I think we should, but it's getting more and more difficult to do that. And then also deal with the consequences of things that are ridiculous like that. Like you watch people get canceled daily for God knows what, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, a Ron Swanson gif that I use quite often when I relay memes to, or gifts like, or uh, articles about, uh, that kind of stuff to my friends and i can just picture like i always have this like this like photo in my head of god just sitting up there sometimes and wake you know 
quote unquote getting up every day and just like looking down and just being like for any of you no. who only consume the audio version of this <laughs> this podcast you're gonna need to go to youtube to get the full effect there but uh it, yeah no I, I you know to answer your question in the short versions yeah we if you have a platform out there whatever it is use it um be wise but don't be scared to say what you believe um i i really do believe in free speech like for real free speech not just like like i i think this is a hot take not free speech but i no i really think people should be allowed to say all of it hateful things all of it because then you then you know i don't want a fake version of a person i don't want your fake like pc answer and then in your heart you really don't think that mm-hmm. let me have it i want i want the real thing because yeah. then you could just you can go about your life and, and you know, yeah. but we have this whole pretend thing. And that's why you'll have someone who's like this perfectly out, you know, they, they have their speeches laid out, they're a celebrity and they and then a couple months later, it's like that actor got arrested for being this terrible person. You're like, what? He always said really <laughs> nice things on Twitter. I don't, what? <laughs> well, <he was> pretending. <laughs> yeah. Like we, yeah. All, like we all do. It's very true. I'd rather people be real and know that I need to avoid them <laughs> or I mean know that I you know how I need to try and you know if, if it's someone I know like relate to them or at least you know I don't want to I hate using the word like witness but like just like you know be a person in their life and hopefully be a good you know maybe not even as strong of a word as influence but just like rub off on them oh like i don't want like, someone to be scared to tell me what they really think yeah because i don't want to pretend either yeah i don't want to live in that kind of world where it's totally fake and it's you know everything is an instagram filter on your face and yeah we had a really good conversation with uh andy atkins from a plea for purging uh, formerly from a plea for purging. now he now he's just party on forever guy which is which is awesome but where he right. talked about the um how difficult it is to maintain sort of that facade when you're on the road and maybe you're really burned out or you're really tired and and stuff like that and i know especially he touched on like how it was in and we did too a little bit like in the in the christian industry too and 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 feeling like you know or it's some artists at times feeling like they have to be a certain version of themselves to not put on a face but kind of you know portray um a certain mood or temperament exactly as opposed to what they really are or are feeling right and so with with cutlass kind of being in that more mainstream um where the 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 eyeballs on you are uh you know a lot more numerous than on some of us that are playing in dive bars and stuff like that what uh have have you experienced that um and and relating to the people that come and see you guys play and, and that sort of thing yeah, there. No, actually, Cutlass has never been criticized. Uh, in their entire <laughs> <laughs> the music industry bloggers have been super gracious. There's, there's a whole website with like this. It's like one of my favorite things ever. It's amazing. But this guy just basically saying how Cutlass is satanic and like, oh, he's wow. Very specific. No, yeah, it's, it's really funny um, because he's like, uh, James wears a pentagram tattoo. First of all, you don't wear a tattoo. Okay. Uh, but like, James doesn't have a pentagram tattoo. What are you talking about? And then he says, like, he wears eyeliner and laughs about it. Because there's, there's a picture of James. He's like laughing. 
And he has, he happens to have eyeliner. And the guy's like, he's not wearing makeup. <laughs> I just Googled it. Oh, it's actually it, very funny. Cutlass is satanic.com. Um, is that what we don't? Uh, it, we, no, I won't say it. <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need to stop. It's amazing. Uh, all that to say, uh, so they've gotten, you know, they've been doing it for years, but um, they got some tough skin, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you have, uh, the bigger your platform, the more people think they can pass judgment on the small microcosm of your life that they see Mm -hmm. the snapshot. I was having a bad day. So when a fan was like, Hey, can you sign my forehead? I was like, Oh no, or whatever. I have to go to the bathroom. Then they're like, that Nate guy sucks. He says he's a Christian, but he wouldn't sign my face. Uh, (laughs) mean, that's like two seconds of my entire life. Right. That will be like, that's who he is. And it's right. So you have to be, kind of okay just accepting that like that's gonna happen yeah it comes do along with the territory you do your best and but you're human so things will happen um but yeah that's that's definitely a thing and um i think that you know what you're talking about you know when people when christian artists like fall away from the faith or they walk away i wonder if a lot of that is because they never actually ask the questions that they've been wanting to ask for like decades because they don't want to get like judged by someone you know what I mean? Yeah. And eventually they, it festers, it bottles up, they don't get any answers and they're just like, I'm out. Yeah. Kind of goes back to your whole thing of free speech and it's even specifically relating to this topic of like in the church, especially for young people feeling like it's it, like, it's not okay to not be okay or to maybe have some thoughts that you know, go against the mold or maybe some doubts of uh, on certain things. And like you said, it just bottles up and, and then it all comes out at once, once they're finally kind of let loose in the world. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's sad to see it's unfortunate, but um, that's definitely, I mean, I didn't experience as much of that luckily in, in the church environment I grew up in, but like had friends all the time and still do people that say, you know, I still kind of guess I would say I like I love God, but like, man, like church is that that's yeah, like I love Jesus, but not the church. And that's such an overarching theme of like, yeah, like I started like this happened in my life, like a big, you know, it was either a big catastrophic event happened in their life, or they just started doubting things, and they were like, and all people did was like talk down to me and like tell me or tell me to like, oh, you can't say that or you can't ask that here, and that's what rubbed me, you know, turned me off of it, and yeah. it's unfortunate. And I think the same thing happens even like in politics or in 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 just in general worldviews is people instead of engaging constructive conversation getting to know each other or like you said like knowing who someone really is they just unplug and they're just like eh, that's you know they see something and then they're just like nope that's who they are i'm not dealing with it i got my sound bite no thanks yeah yeah well at the no. risk at the risk of 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 giving the impression to somebody who might be listening to this who has not played in a band that has gone on tour um <laughs> that all of this is is negative and that you're just uh waiting for the moment that you forget <laughs> to sign some kid's forehead and everybody hates you um yeah. one of the that's things happened by the way i was just that's off the top of my head right. <laughs> <Get it? laughs> there's some random kid that goes 
goes on Twitter tomorrow. We're like, uh, that was me. Trending. That happened to me. Number one, number one trending topic is Cutlass <laughs> yeah. guitarist doesn't sign face. <laughs> yeah, it turns out you were just trying to protect him from like those inks soaking into his head, and then then you would have been the bad guy too. So, but no, actually. Yeah, truthfully, I am the guy who will stop and sign your phone. Right, right. But I, I think um, for, on the flip side, all of us are, are super excited and, and anxious for the day that we can return to oh. playing live shows and stuff like that. So one of the things that we've been doing on this show uh, is kind of wrapping episodes up by any time that we speak with somebody who's either a musician or um, you know on the road in, in some capacity, uh, we're just asking them to give us maybe a funny or crazy or self-deprecating uh, story from the road um, that we can all kind of have a good chuckle about and, and remember the days uh, 8 million years ago when live music was actually a thing. So do you have anything for us? One of the only ones that's coming to my mind. So my first band, we were like a rock worship band. And so we're like, yeah, we're, it's worship, but it's like rock too. And I was like, <laughs> I was a screamer and stuff. And uh, so, um, we played at this little church in uh, Mississippi and we were like, well, we're going to do an acoustic set because we don't want to like blow their hair back, you know? And, <laughs> uh, and so we do the acoustic set. I'm on acoustic, um, two acoustics bass and a cajon. Okay. We go into amazing grace. Amazing grace. Yeah. Are you, have your song familiar? The people in the crowd, were plugging their ears and walking out during our acoustic version of Amazing Grace. And so, um, <laughs> amazing. So, amazing. Grace. And uh, so, the second service, I was, my friend Sean, he, he was a bass player. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to play. I'm just going to go film the reaction. So, he went and he filmed behind it. And you could see people like looking over at their and being like, this, what is this? And, and we thought we were like toning it down, like, okay, we're going to meet them where they're Right, at. right, right. Usher them into the presence. And now they're like, oh, this band's satanic. And wow. um, so our bus actually had broken down there. And there was this guy. <laughs> at the, the place where nobody likes you? <laughs> yes. The guy from the congregation, he was like, well, I'm a mechanic. I'll look at it. So he um, came to us afterwards because um, that night we did our full throttle, like, concert yeah yeah night. and he came he's like all right i'm gonna tell you something you kids you're coming in here with your tattoos and your shirts <laughs> and your shirts yeah, did he not want you to wear a, a oh, shirt wait, wait am i supposed to wear a shirt <laughs> I was, and the funniest part is so i'm the only one in the band with tattoos <laughs> and, um, and so yeah everything he's listening is like your tattoos and your shirts and your long hair it's kind of going gray a little bit <laughs> And, and and your 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 uh, caramel colored skin. You coming in here? And he's just like directly talking to me. I'm like, uh, should I leave? And he's like, you kids come in here like that. He's like, but I think you're good kids, and I respect what you're doing. So I fixed your van for free. Wow, <laughs> exact opposite so, of what I thought you were about to say. <laughs> I know, right? So all I have to say, just the same way we don't want people judging us. We just got to remember that when it's our turn, when we look at people and we think that they're whatever, you know, Mississippi folk that don't like rock and roll or whatever. Right. You never know, man. Well, it's, so, no, it's, it's to not play in Mississippi or maybe <laughs> we want to play in Mississippi just to experience that. Yeah, I think just don't wear shirts. And I think yeah, yeah. So shirts, I, I think I'll play <laughs> yeah, anywhere right you now. Guys to be cover your tattoos without a shirt. Maybe just with right. makeup. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. That's funny oh, because, uh, you know, the it's great to have a tour story that has a moral to it because most of the morals of our tour stories are like, <laughs> uh don't start a fire in the wilderness on the side of the road or, hey that's a good one that's a good one or like don't, oh, yeah. don't drink a cup full of the bass player's back sweat or something like or that. don't go tubing down a sewage runoff river yeah yeah, yeah see, these are no brainers i could i could have told you that right, right yeah i don't know how much I'm we're educating people so I, I know tons of stuff <laughs> that's great all right well we really appreciate being on today but i yeah. uh before we and i did not use my question for the time traveler yet. Okay. i'm ready okay. question for the I time traveler look into look into the the uh future and let us know when is live music returning <laughs> oh <laughs> you put them on the spot my time travels all right you want to hear my prediction yes i think uh i think we'll be back at it in january all right wow that's optimistic hey, i wasn't expecting i'm that, liking it sure i'm liking we'll it back, we'll, take we'll it. be back at it in january because eventually all the rock and rollers will be like yeah we're gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's valid very very valid point. right i don't want to get too snarky but if we call it a protest i think we can uh <laughs> you probably you yeah. probably get away with it what about the band the protest they yeah. can probably do shows I think they they just did some. Yeah, so Boom. they're apparently yeah, maybe they are maybe they are protesting. <laughs> Staying true to their name. Yeah, I guess so. Protesting the the rules apparently. So All right. Well, Nate, thank you so much for being on with us today. If people want to connect with you, uh what's the best place to to check out what you're Social doing? Social media anything. MySpace/natepairs.com <laughs> um, is probably the easiest. Cool. Yeah, it's my name, and uh, it's got links to everything on there. And uh, yeah, man, awesome, awesome. We'll throw a link for that down below for anyone that's listening. Yep. If uh, if you're listening on a platform that does not feature the link in the description, head over to our YouTube. It'll be there, uh, and you can find all this stuff. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again, Nate. We appreciate it. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see you out there uh, in January for your predictions. Yes. So. We can go. We can go play that church with no shirts on <laughs> together. Carson, Nate Parrish, I'll open for you guys. Obviously, no other yeah. way around. No other way around. No, no, because no. no. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna need a band. So if you guys can, if we can borrow yeah, your saxophonist, I mean, hey, we're, we're, we'll do it. <laughs> there it is. Convince him to feature on our next album. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you. All right, man. We'll have a good one and we'll talk to you yeah. again soon. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the American Arson Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a positive comment or review. Connect with us online through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter, and check out AmericanArson.com for music, merch, and upcoming tour dates. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, stay inspired, stay positive, and keep creating.